Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, guys, welcome in, welcome in. Talking ball post-game live chat with Pat Leonard here at Hard Rock Stadium. Sorry you guys had to watch that. Sorry you guys had to watch that. I feel bad for you Giants fans. I really do. I feel bad for Daniel Jones. I feel bad for, you know, Giants faithful in general. I mean, it's been a long, I mean, how many years now since I've been on the beat? 2016, you know, a little bit of success last year and then all of it coming crashing down here, um, you know, has to be really tough for you guys to take. Welcome in. Hey, Michael, Joey, Jake, Hunter, what's going on? Let me tell you guys about Bet Online real quick so we can get it out of the way and start getting into your questions. Football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Where I am going to start here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, let's see, Joey posts a bunch of clown faces. I don't know if that's about me. I don't know if that's what you think of the team. Let me know. Remember, guys, if you want to purchase a super chat or super sticker, you can have your uh, comment elevated to the top of the chat and answered immediately. Also kind of adds some pizzazz to this and uh, continues to support what we're doing. Remember to like, rate, review, subscribe, hit those thumbs up buttons, subscribe to the YouTube page if you don't already we do these during the week and also after every game. All right. Jake says, still don't know why I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to watch that. Kayvon playing better, I guess, once again. That's some of the only positives I'm taking from this. Why is Jalen Hyatt not getting more snaps, please, and why aren't they even looking at him on the field? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there's something to be said, Jake, for the fact that, first of all, they can't protect well enough to throw the ball down the field. They drew up a play once in the first half with Hyatt and Waller, running some action on the left side. Waller was getting open deep on a corner. Hyatt was coming underneath. Daniel Jones just didn't have time to throw the ball. I think that was interior pressure on that play, maybe McKeithen's man beating him. Uh, but they are trying to take those shots at times. It's just not happening because their offensive line can't hold up on those plays. Now they did block up well on the pass to Darren Waller down the right side with Xavier Howard in coverage, and Waller dropped it. Uh, Howard was in tight coverage, did have his arm in there, but I asked Waller point blank if he should have caught it. And he said, yes, absolutely. I should have had it. That's a play I have to make. As far as Jalen Hyatt, Jake, I think that, you know, I look at this and I see Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. Now, listen, they have better skill position players. I know that they have great skill position players, but the Dolphins have a ton of offensive line injuries. They have a ton of offensive line injuries. And when I look at, how the Dolphins are scheming around those offensive line injuries and still producing tons of explosive big plays, you know, and this is, you get some background noise sometimes when you're at these uh, stadiums, you know, a lot of people working in these facilities, doing a great job, making sure these are a great game day experience for everybody. So um, sometimes hard to find a quiet place 
in a stadium, but Hard Rock Stadium, really good experience so far today. Um, and the day is not over yet outside, of course, of the result. But my point is this, Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, you know, if you don't have the ball in Jalen Hyatt's hands, okay, you can't push it downfield. But first of all, can he do anything else? We saw him do some other things in the summer. Secondly, let's get the ball into his hands. Like Wandale Robinson is a nice little gadget player, but it, it doesn't do it for me. Like he's not, um, he's not a Tyree killer, a Jalen Waddle type. And, you know, he, uh, he takes a beating when he's out there. He was evaluated for concussion. They said he was cleared out of the protocol after saying he was out with a concussion. Um, but it just, you know, Sterling Shepard's a better option than him, in my opinion, you know, gets open more often when he's running routes. Um, I have a lot of questions about personnel decisions they've been making as far as who's playing. Harry Singh says this year seems long gone off season planning. What would giants leadership strategic plan to fix the O line and D line B? Um, well, Leonard Williams won't be on this team next season based on his contract and age and the fact that um, they, you know, they have to turn this roster over how much money he's making. Obviously though, what's behind him. That's the other question. You know, you see these guys like Sterling Shepard, Leonard Williams, uh, veterans kind of getting pushed out and phased out. Uh, Leonard's obviously playing right now, but I'm just saying like the plan would be, I think to continue to get, younger through the draft and develop. But of course, then we're talking about a longer long-term plan. I think the biggest question right now, right off the bat is Daniel Jones's health. I mean, the biggest question is, is Daniel Jones going to be able to play next week? How is he going to fare this season? Uh, is this neck injury something that's going to be long-term? I mean, right off the bat, that is the highlight and the headline of this game. Um, the offensive line though, you know, Harry, I like that you asked this because Let's be honest here, brutally honest. Josh Azudu, and this is something I wanted to bring up right off the bat, and this is what I wrote for the New York Daily News. I hope you guys check it out on our website. Josh Azudu was at his locker after the game tonight in tears, crying. And he was crying because he feels responsible for Daniel Jones's injury. Now, yes, his man sacked Daniel Jones, and that was the play he got hurt on. But Josh Azudu is playing in a position he should not be in. He, They tried to hand him a guard spot in training camp. They tried their hardest to have him win a guard spot. They wanted him to. He's a third-round pick, second-year player. They wanted him to win a guard spot. He couldn't do it. So what happens? They end up starting Mark Lewinsky, Ben Bredesen in week one at guard. Lewinsky was an abject disaster, but that shows you what kind of camp Zudu had, the fact that Lewinsky was still starting ahead of him. Now, that same guy who couldn't get on the field past Mark Lewinsky in week one is the first replacement at left tackle behind Andrew Thomas. So my point is, it's not your fault, Josh. It's not his fault. It's the fault of the management, the personnel decision from the GM, the coach, everybody involved, that he's the one protecting Daniel Jones's blind side in tears at his locker. But it's a wrong decision that he's there in the first place. All he's trying to do is do his best. Obviously, his best isn't good enough but they're putting him in a position where if he doesn't do well and he doesn't play above his level, which he can't, no one plays above their level. Now Daniel Jones is hurt. Uh, Noel says Dable is trash. Um, Dable said, this is all on me. It's all on me after this game. I like that. He said that Um, he's right. All of their mistakes, all of their miscues, all of their failures, just like last year, he won the coach of the year award for, you know, basically uh, making lemonade. Right. 
And so this year he deserves the blame. Like that's just how it goes with GMs and head coaches. It's not personal when you blame people or when you call out mistakes, when it's going poorly, or when you praise people, when they have success, like wins and losses dictate what happens in this league. And Brian Dable knows that it's on him right now to fix it. No question about it. Uh, Rick says last week, you said, are you the free agents front office and salary cap? They really dug a hole for the team and the same financial people are in the building. What did they do wrong and what would you have done differently? Rick, that's a big picture and a good question. What they did wrong mostly was in the 2021 season when Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge were here, coming off that 6-10 and 10 season in 2020 during the COVID year, the Giants loaded up. And because what happened was they looked at the NFC East after that 2020 season and they thought they could go and grab it. They thought they had built something really good under Judge in year one. And boy, are there some great quotes from inside the organization from tons of people, Eli Manning, so many people in 2020 talking about how much they love Joe judge and the program he's building who all, you know, suddenly were quiet or singing a different tune a year later um, in 2021. And what happened was they misevaluated their roster. So they went outside Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, they spent too much money, you know, even the contract they gave a Dory Jackson, um, they ended up spending a ton of money that year, on moves that were going to help them win right away, you know, win the NFC East, get back to the playoffs that year. Judge's process was supposed to be three years at minimum, ends up being only two because they put all their eggs in their basket of a season that was a disaster. Now, what ended up happening in that disaster season? Daniel Jones got hurt. His season was over. And then without capable backup quarterback play, their offense was in shambles. The season spiraled and everybody got fired. You know, what I was watching on the field today in Miami, uh, now Tyrod Taylor is better than Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm, obviously. But what I was watching on the field today here in Miami reminded me a lot of that situation, especially when Daniel Jones tells me and others after the game that he's dealt with something similar to this in 2021. Of course, an injury then that ended his season. Hunter says, good evening. Yep. Great to see you, Hunter. Terry says, what's up, Pat? Thanks for the coverage. You got it. You got it. Keep the questions coming. Um, Joe says, have you heard any insight into what's really going on? At this point, the presses are all the same and they give the same answers. Yeah, so when I wrote this past week that Brian Dable has lost some grip on the team and that he needs to get it back, he needs to get it under control, what I was talking about was um, there's a real sense that, and I've been, I've been on this since the beginning, please trust when I tell you, and I think anyone who follows me knows this, that I've been on the fact that I didn't like how they were practicing in training camp. I didn't like how easy it has been for the Giants. I did not like, um, you know, listen, it's a player's league and you want to give guys some flexibility, some room, but you need to run a tight enough ship that when things go wrong, you can't suddenly become the guy that cracks down. And if you try to become the guy that cracks down when things go wrong and you're a loose coach, people stop listening. And if you stay loose, though, at the same time when, when things go wrong, then Nothing gets fixed. So Dable's in a really tough position. Um, and, you know, from my understanding is it's just. How do I put this? Their program isn't stringent enough. There's not enough. Uh, there's not enough structure to it. You give guys so many off days. It's being collaboratively run by the training staff, the GM and the coach. You're giving so many rest days and you're, you come up to the Dallas Cowboys game and you're singing your own praises of how healthy your team is, 
Meanwhile, you get your doors blown off because you're not ready to play a football game. And then guys start getting hurt anyway, as we see more. You know, Aziz Ojolari now has an, an ankle, another injury. Marcus McKeithen, the starting right guard today, has a knee injury. Um, you know, I mean, one one thing after another with this team. But, Joe, to, to the short answer to your question is what's going on is the Giants got some breaks and made some breaks last year. But what we're seeing now is closer to what this roster is and what this coach is, in my opinion. Oh, and we have a super chat, a super sticker. Playboy Phil weighs in with just under 10 bucks. Phil, love it. Thank you so much. You guys can see it in action right here. This is when the chat gets live. All right. So Phil says, and he jumps right to the front of the line because he jumps in with a super chat, super sticker. All right. What do you think Saquon's future is with these upcoming weeks? Midseason trade, or do you keep him because of what he did coming back with no contract and we don't have a functional offense without him? Well, Phil, first of all, I want to know what you and others in this chat think. So I want you to punch that in as I'm talking. I do believe that it's time already to say in your mind, you're Joe Shane, it's listen, this season is going the wrong way. Just Saquon Barkley coming back isn't going to save it. And so, therefore, what I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to trade offers and I'm going to certainly be open to that idea. Now, the problem with that is what value does Saquon have in a trade? Like you've seen, um, you've seen a couple of trades happen around the league recently where a veteran player, a productive player is traded and it's just like the player and the salary goes one way and it's like a seventh round and sixth round pick swap. So you're really not getting much in return. So if Joe Shane did a trade like that and traded Saquon Barkley away, if you're not really getting anything for the player, it's basically you're saying, okay, I'm bailing on this season, right? Now, one reason to do it would be if Saquon was being a malcontent, but Saquon's not doing that, at least from what we can see. Um, He's just trying to get healthy. Um, but, you know, I think, I think Phil, if I could get anything for Saquon at this point, I would absolutely consider it because I don't think this season's happening. Even with the Giants defense showing so much life like this, you know, I really think that um, a Saquon Barkley trade would be on the table if anything meaningful would come back in return. But with his injury history, his age, his current injury it's hard to imagine you would be able to get something meaningful. Now that said, it only takes one, right? And I'll just run through kind of the, the comments and the responses to the Saquon uh, comment there. Townsend said, if it stays the same trade, Leo and Saquon, full rebuild, perhaps shop X2. Um, let's see. Everyone playing on inspiring deals. Joe should be taking calls on. Okay. All right. Let's jump back to the ones I missed. Phil. You're the man for that. If I didn't answer your question fully or you want more insight on that, just pop down a, a follow-up right there. But I really appreciate your support, and I'll come back to it too as I answer some of these other ones as well. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see. Have you heard any insight into what – yeah, I answered that. How are some of the younger players trying to overcome this adversity like many of the 2020, the 2022 draft class used to winning and all that? It seems like younger players are going through all negative right now. Yeah, I mean – they're all being put in big spots, and a lot of them are coming up short. Micah McFadden's a guy who was being promising um, as a second-year player. Now he's hurt, has a foot injury. 
Giants have injuries all the time. They always blame head coaches, fire head coaches, all that stuff. I mean, the training staff needs to be looked at as well here when it comes to injuries, right? Um, I think everybody involved with keeping players healthy should be accountable for tra- for keeping players healthy. That's what I think. Um, you know, obviously Evan Neal didn't handle it well last week. Um, I think Josh Azudu seems like really emotionally spent from dealing with this. Wandale Robinson still trying to work his way into being a capable, dangerous NFL player. Um, you know, a lot wanting from uh, the young Giants players right now. Jalen Hyatt on the field, but not seeing the ball. Let's see. Uh, Thierry says we are not scouting linemen very well. What can they do at this point? Um, they can call in some specialists. They can bring in some offensive line experts, some former offensive linemen, people who have played for them before, um, you know, consultants, anything to be better at this than they are. Uh, you know, this week, this past offseason, you know, th- this is the other thing. You look at, like, I know people in the building like Charles Cross on the Seahawks uh, in the draft. They take Evan Neal instead because he had a right tackle experience in college. But so far, Charles Cross, he's injured right now for the Seahawks. But as a rookie, I mean, he was excellent at left tackle for the Seahawks last year. So it's not like there weren't people in the building who didn't like him, but obviously they end up settling on Evan Neal. So uh, maybe the wrong voices are heard, the wrong person makes the final call, whatever it is. But, um, you know, we've seen Andrew Thomas come out of it, so Evan Neal could come out of it too. But obviously the way they're handling it, Neal is handling it. He's kind of really struggling publicly with it. Is the NFL going to flex our game on Sunday night football for next week? Um, Jake asks, you know, I think if the NFL could, if they had a game too, they would. Um, you know, I know they have been moving some games around into like the the one o'clock and uh, from the one o'clock to four o'clock hours, et cetera. Um, one sec, just have to send a quick text. Sorry about that. All right. Um, Yeah. Keep you updated on the flex. I think, is it too early to flex completely out of Sunday night football in the season? I know they've moved it up earlier into the year to give themselves flexibility. Is it too early or could they do that? I mean, you do have the Brian Dable Buffalo return, Joe Shane Buffalo return and all that. But, but I mean, who wants to watch this team in prime time right now? You know, and, and obviously, I honestly think it's been even worse for them and for the young players, going back to Jake's question, uh, that all of their mistakes are being seen and highlighted in prime time, right? Uh, because everybody sees it and everybody writes them off. Antonio, what's going on? Welcome back, man. Hunter says, who are guys you think you could, could be shipped out at the deadline? Um, you know, other than Leo, right? Yeah, Leonard Williams is number one. Leonard Williams is number one. Um, McKinney could be one, too. I definitely agree with that. He's not this regime's guy, um, you know, and he's a he may he, he he was making some plays today, but he's a he's not a great player. Right. He still needs to prove a lot more. Um, you know, a lot of people do. I mean, a lot of people do. And I'm not saying they're shopping Xavier McKinney right now. It's not what I'm saying. But, you know, if he's going to want a uh, an enormous free agent deal at this point, I don't think that the Giants would be lining up with what he wants. Um but we'll see. I mean, obviously the defense and McKinney was frustrated in the locker room. It, you know, I don't, I, I don't disagree with him. I mean, it's hard to blame the defense for anything. Even when the Dolphins go over 500 yards in this game, they've been averaging 500 yards a game against all the teams they've been playing. And the Giants forced three turnovers and gave their team a chance. I mean, you know, the, the Dolphins scored 31. The Niners scored 30 against the Giants. 
But in both games, the defense gave them a chance to win if they had even a semblance of an offense. They just don't. So, um, you know, even when I speculate on shopping guys at the deadline on defense, it's like, you know, the defense is actually <laughs> coming into its own a little bit. Um, you know, now, obviously, the the tackling on the outside or the ability to pursue on the outside on those quick passes from Tua, you know, that's that was tough for them today. Uh, that's been tough for every team, though. And frankly, anytime Tua dropped back to pass, try to throw the ball downfield, the Giants had him. Um, and he was throwing balls up for grabs. Joe Shane should start talk, taking guys on calls with expiring contracts, starting with Leonard Williams, Antonio says. <laughs> you guys are all on the same page. Um, I don't know where to go from here. Um, this is bad. We should start working out linemen this week, younger guys. Also, when may we see Pew? Pew, I think, would either be the Buffalo game or the week after that, depending on how he acclimates physically. Obviously, he needs to jump in and help. But he's here to play guard. He's not here to play tackle. Like, he's a guard. Um, and so if the Giants need tackle help, they need to go and get something somewhere else, like free agency, make a trade. Honestly, you're talking about trades right now. The trade you need to make is for an offensive lineman for a tackle. But how do you get a tackle from a team? I mean, everybody needs offensive tackles. No one's giving away good ones, right? Um, let's see. So, yeah, we talked about Phil's question. Um, let's see. Okay, Phil says about Saquon. I would take him no less than a second-round pick. If Saquon produces beyond this offensive line for years, then he's at least a second. Because imagine if he's behind someone like the 49ers or Eagles offensive line. Yeah, you're right that he has produced at that level at times, but not consistently enough for a team to say, like look at uh, Devin A-Chain for the Dolphins with, what, seven touchdowns in four or five games as a rookie third-round pick out of Texas A&M. You know, so – an NFL team wouldn't give up that second round pick for Saquon because they can go get a player like that um, in that round or in the third round or the fourth round is how a lot of these teams think. And so uh, because especially with Saquon's injury history, these teams also view like a, a draft pick is like four years of control on a player. And so say that's four years of control on a young, hopefully healthy player, healthier than a veteran who has an injury history. So there's a lot of variables built into the worth of a pick. And so Saquon's ability to hit that big play or have a big game here and there doesn't outweigh that uh, value of that pick to a lot of these teams. The kind of team that would give up capital for Saquon would be a team that is taking him on as a luxury item, right? Like if the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs or, you know, some team that already is stacked and is willing to give up a, you know, a fifth or something like that for Saquon just to to add him to your high powered offense and get you over the top. But uh, a second, hard for me to see that playboy. but you know, I really Phil, I can't thank you enough. And I th can't thank you all for being here. I mean, we are rocking here on this live chat, 22 minutes in a lot of concurrence right now, hit the thumbs up button. If you didn't already make sure you subscribe to our page when we're done here, uh, we are on Instagram and TikTok at PL on NFL, same handle as on YouTube at P Leonard NYDN on X the former Twitter um, and nydailynews.com for all of my stories. I wrote a column today talking about the personnel problems, Josh Azudu, Daniel Jones, the severity of the injury and all that. I find it very interesting that most of you guys have not asked questions about Daniel Jones. I find that very interesting. Um, let's see. Full rebuild Townsend says, interesting. Blue Wave says if Daniel Jones is out for any amount of time, people are going to see what it's like 
without him and see just how much our offensive line affects the offense. You saw a glimmer of it, glimmer of it with Tyrod Taylor. Well, Tyrod was running for his life just like Daniel. He wasn't bailing out of clean pockets. He was running for his life when the pocket broke down. Uh, sometimes Tyrod t- holds the ball a little bit long in the pocket, but it, that's not what was happening today. Uh, you know, he just wasn't able to um, to make all of his reads. Jake says, realistically, trade Saquon for a second and a third. Hopefully no one would give us a first, really. You guys are all overvaluing what they would get in a deal for Saquon. Um, I mean, remember, this is a guy who is on a, on a one-year contract and a guy who – uh, basically the the numbers in the, the league market on running backs and on Saquon showed last year that he's only worth a certain amount to these teams. So you're overvaluing a good player, but a player who would not command that back in a trade. Antonio says everyone playing on expiring deals, Joe should be taking calls on. Yep. That's fair. Uh, Joe says, I love Saquon, but he's walking anyway without a contract that he wa- really wants anyway. Yeah. That's the best argument for trading Saquon too, as far as that whole contract situation, you know, he's already on his way out. Just based on um, just based on the fact that there's no way the Giants are going to pay him what he wants next year, and so and he's definitely not trying to get tagged again. That's for sure. Especially looking at this disaster that's happening with the team. Townsend says we have to keep, keep Daniel Jones, use him as a bridge for Penix, Williams, whichever QB we want. Yeah. Do you guys think they should draft a quarterback, or do you think they just need to keep building around Daniel? You should let me know that. Uh, let's see. Blue Wave answers. Jake says the way people around the league talk about Daniel Jones, you'd be lucky to get a sixth. Uh, Townsend says best case, second and third for Saquon. Yeah, no way. That's too much. Um, Hunter says, I think Kayvon and Bobby have come on well the last two weeks. Yep. Okereke is playing very well. Jake Patterson says, what's the injury timeline like for Thomas and all that? I'll put a story up on uh, Andrew Thomas tomorrow, Monday. Um, You know, he's basically touch and go. Like he said, it's his left hamstring. He has trouble planning on that hamstring when he anchors for power rushes and things of that nature. And so um, he doesn't know how it's going to fare until he gets back on the field and actually handles those things. Really doesn't sound good to me. Uh, He is going to, I think, try to get back on the field, approaching the Buffalo game and see if he can give it a go. But I wasn't optimistic listening to him. We'll see. Um, Saquon's injury, I would think he'll be ready for Buffalo based on how he was acting this week. John Michael Schmitz, we don't know anything about the severity of that. Tough guy, wouldn't surprise me if he's back against Buffalo, but we don't know the severity. Micah McFadden's foot looked pretty tender uh, this week on the practice field. Um, I know they only listed him as questionable, though, so maybe he's going to try to play through it in Buffalo. They did miss him uh, much. He's a good tackler and uh, much more physical than Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Randy says no one is trading for a back coming off a high ankle sprain in season. Yeah, exactly, You know, especially not for anything meaningful. Uh, Phil says, I say, if our season continues like this until week 10, just tank for Caleb. Yeah. As you know, John Mara is not going to tank, but, um, even not trying, look at the product they're putting out on the field on offense. Um, Joe says, I think DJ is just punch, punch drunk. Now this line has him scared to even trust a safe pocket. Don't know how you can fix that. Even if we had Caleb in the draft, he too will be crushed. I think that's a very good point both ways. Daniel Jones really is uh, shell-shocked. I mean, he's not going to say it out loud, but he absolutely is. I completely agree. Hunter says Tyrod's going to be less conservative and more boom or bust than Danny. That's fair. Uh, Rick says, when will Shane speak to the media next, and what do you want to ask him? He speaks to us on the bye week. I want to ask him especially about the assembly of this offensive line um, and the idea, like, what's the plan? Like, what was the plan for this season, you know, you know, you you spent money on Bobby Okereke. You trade for Darren Waller. 
Um, you add money with veterans on the interior defensive line. Uh, you draft Jalen Hyatt. You draft Deontay Banks. You draft John Michael Schmitz. You pay Daniel Jones. Pay Andrew Thomas. Pay Dexter Lawrence. You bring back Saquon Barkley. Like this was a team that, even though this is a rebuild, this is a team that was supposed to be competitive. I mean, that's the problem here. Forget about John Mara's, you know, metric of progress. The problem right now is this team is not competitive in various ways throughout all of their games. Like Tyrod Taylor has played in four of the Giants' five games. You know, you have to like what you see from the defense, even giving up all those yards and those explosives, you know, just as far as their fight, forcing those three turnovers. They clearly have a plan and an attitude, even if they're still forming an identity. But what are we watching when it comes to the offense, when it comes to team discipline, the special teams? Like, what the hell is going on with the Giants? So that's what I'll ask him. <laughs> Was there any reason Ashawn played only three snaps? Uh, I think because he's an interior run defender and the Dolphins were just running to the outside, stretching the plays. And Ashawn's not a guy who's going to track those plays down. He's more of kind of plugging a gap. Um, Michael Knight says, where are the wins coming from? Great question. You know, you got the, you got the Raiders down the block. You got uh, the Patriots coming up uh, a ways away. Uh, Jets and Commanders, maybe you, you have a chance in those, but um, you know it looks pretty, pretty grim, pretty, pretty bleak. Phil says, Pat, what would you do if you had a top two or three pick? Getting Caleb or Penix or Marvin Harrison, what would your move be? Um, well, Daniel's costing you a lot of money right now. I would definitely, and I do think, you know, if Joe Shane had his druthers, and this, I'm not talking to him about this right now, but I'm saying if he had a top two or three pick coming out of this year and he was still the GM, like I, he would pick a quarterback. I mean, I think, I think at that point you see what you can get for Daniel Jones, but I don't know who's taking on his contract. So that would be something you'd have to find as well. I think you'd get pennies on the dollar of a team that's willing to take on that contract to take Daniel Jones. I do think Daniel Jones is a good player. He's not a great player, but I think he's a good player. He's a victim of his circumstance right now more than playing badly on his own. Uh, but if I have one of those picks, I'm taking, I'm taking a quarterback. Um, but Daniel Jones cap situation next year is really rough. And so, um, you know, and also, you know, look at Marvin Harrison, great player, but the giants are in a position where they need offensive linemen, right? I mean, unless you're just banking on Thomas Schmitz and Neil to all be, you know, for Neil to take a step for Schmitz to take a step for Thomas to stay healthy. And then for you to find capable guards and free agency, right? Like they, they would need to still block things up. I mean, Marvin Harrison's a great player, but you still got to get get the ball out to him, right? So uh, that's that's tough. That's a really tough one. Um, I think if you end up with that kind of pick, Phil, I think it shows you – because let's think about it. With all the bad teams in the league right now, if the Giants end up with a top two or three pick, you know, we're going to have people fired. Uh, who knows who's going to be leading this organization, where it's going to be, how bad it's going to get in the building. Um, so you might have, you know, have a, a new GM – new coach asking that question. I'm not firing them right here and now, but I mean, that's what happens when seasons go that poorly around here. I mean, they're on their fourth coach in, eight, in what they fired three coaches after two years in a row. And now this is the fourth going into year two. It's going terribly. Uh, let's see. It's very possible. That's where we end up. Sadly, Phil says you're real. You're realistic. I like you, Phil. Uh, Hunter says, would DeVito be the backup for Tyrod if Danny is out? Looks that way. Looks that way. Unless they went and got somebody, but I think it would be DeVito at this point, unless they went and got someone. 
Randy says, if they take a quarterback high next year, would you try to start him behind a version of this line? Well, that would be the argument for, okay, we can't get Daniel Jones off our roster cap wise, but we do want to use this opportunity to get this new quarterback in. So they bring the new quarterback in. Daniel Jones starts the year, helps groom the quarterback. And then maybe you offload Daniel at more value uh, midway through a season like that. But man, this is all just ugly stuff. (laughs) This is ugly stuff. It's amazing too. I can see the fan base. You guys have just all moved on to the draft talk already. This is just, wow. This is sad. But you guys are asking great questions. I mean, I just sad for the team, sad for you guys, but you know, you're asking all the right questions. I mean, this is uh this is excellent stuff. All right, let's see. We have Randy says if they take uh right, if would you start him behind a version of this line? I guess I guess my answer is no. Hunter says, I think Danny could be a good QB with a good line. Not great, but good. Agree. When's the Neil move to guard really clear? He can't be a tackle. We have to try something realistically, says Jake. Hey, Jake, don't disagree with you. Uh, something needs to change. Uh, they don't have tackles behind Evan Neal, though, as you can see. Josh Azudu ending up a tackle when he couldn't even win a guard spot. So if they move him to guard, who's playing tackle, right? I mean, you're, you're just uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, as they say. Uh, do you think we should package Leo McKinney and Saquon for a good right tackle? I just don't know if a team is giving you a good tackle midseason. I have to look around at the market now, though, and see what's what, see if there's a team that has some of these other needs that would be willing to part with a capable lineman. But, I mean, good offensive linemen don't grow on trees, as they say. The only step Neil is taking is to the unemployment line, says Michael. Oh, so yeah, some sourness still from, the, from those comments last week. I understand that. Pooh says Mike Kafka needs to be fired – Three runs after that pick was not good. Yeah, how about how about the fact that they ran the ball into the middle of the line on second and 10? Uh, two straight drives, I think, to open the, the, the game. The first drive of the game and the second drive of the game, they're just calling like halfback dives to Matt Breda for like one or two yards. Like, what the heck? How do you think Neil did today? I think it was one of his better games this year, not saying much, Hunter says. Uh, Hunter, I do think a lot of the pressures came from other places other than Neil. There was an early one that came on a stunt where Neil and McKeithen both looked like they got got overwhelmed by the stunt, especially McKeithen. I agree with you, though, that I saw more pressures coming from other places than from Neil. But I think when you look at the numbers at the end, it's probably going to reflect that um, it was just a mess all around. Trade Saquon for a decent lineman, says Donna. Guys, this has been, I think, our best live chat so far. You guys are really engaged, really smart fans. Um, Can't thank you enough for everything um, you've done here. Phil, thank you so much for the super chat, for the super sticker. Um, I'm really excited about the community we're growing here on YouTube. I really like this. Uh, it's a civil conversation. It's an intelligent intelligent conversation. It's an important conversation. Remember, super chats and super stickers, stickers you can always pay to have your chat, your comment elevated and answered first. Uh, we saw that with Playboy Phil today. That was awesome. Really appreciate that. Hit like, hit the thumbs up on this ch- on this right now as we're talking. Hit subscribe after we're done, um, you know, and you can follow me on the Talking Ball podcast on Apple and Spotify. Uh, you can also follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at PL on NFL. I'm at P Leonard NYDN on Twitter, and I am on NYDailyNews.com. You can check out my column now about Daniel Jones, the Giants, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, who's at fault, what the problem is, what the fixes are, where it goes, and what guys were saying in the locker room. By the way, Adoree Jackson said he was getting his helmet fixed uh, and was off the field when Trey Hawkins got beat deep uh, by Tyree Kill on that touchdown. But what are these personnel decisions? Like, 
Trey Hawkins gets thrown onto the field guarding Tyreek Hill, not Nick McLeod, right? Eric Gray still returning punts. Wandale Robinson playing over Sterling Shepard. What's going on? Final couple comments. Jake says, I'm sorry, no matter how bad this team is, firing Dable isn't the solution. You're just going to repeat the same process over and over again. We will see if he can keep it together. Realistically, I think we got to give Dable and Shane one more year unless it all hits the fan, Hunter says. What do you call this? Uh, Joe says, Pat, you're in the locker room. Do you see any divisions forming or bickering between different factions of this team? Uh, Darren Waller actually went over to the defense and said, you know, we have to do better to help you guys. It's on us. Our offense has to play better. We know it. Essentially apologize to them for how the offense is playing. Waller dropped a touchdown himself today. Um, you know, it does seem like the defense is frustrated. They're not going after the offense from what we can see. But Xavier McKinney did kind of snap back today and said, like, let's stop blaming the defense here. We lost as a team. Uh, but there's definitely a sense. And I know for a fact, you know, talking to people like talking to players, talking to people like I know the defense is kind of in that situation where sometimes they'll just look at you and shake their head and say, I, I don't got anything right now about this. Right. Or, uh, you know, they want to they'll talk about their frustrations, but they won't talk about it on the record. Um, you know, Everybody knows the situation. The defensive players are extremely frustrated. Bobby Okereke, Kayvon Thibodeau, a lot of the defensive players said the right thing today. They said the offensive players care. They know they're upset. They know they want to win. We all want to win a Super Bowl together. Um, you know, but uh, so they are saying the right things. Uh, but the defense is very frustrated. They are very frustrated. Hunter says, I'm saying they absolutely. Um, oh, you're saying if Dable completely loses the locker room, uh, Dable still has some fight in them or the defense still has some fight in them. Yes, they do. But there's a lot of looseness around how this team is playing and operating. Some that you see, some that you don't. Um, but you're right. The defense is still playing hard. That's for sure. Joe says, Pat, you're awesome for doing this. I appreciate your insight. I love this. Keep giving us the real. And this channel will explode. You got it. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Phil, for the super chat, super sticker, setting a great example. We are building a great community here. Talking ball with Pat Leonard. See you next time. Midweek. We'll be talking about what we see at practice, injury updates, hopefully seeing some players coming back for the Giants' primetime trip to Buffalo. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.